Amyaku Voigt, the seer of catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I hope to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about the role of end users uh, when it comes to email security. We're chatting about what email security is, what can go wrong with it with bad email security, and how every end user can play a role to improve email security. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to make your business email more secure. I'm uh, very honored to be joined by Warren ba- Baker and Rod Pierce, co-founders of the Pack It Up. Guys, Thanks, welcome. Thanks. So we always start the show by a little bit of a background. I said in my LinkedIn post this morning, you guys are industry veterans. You're like me now, you don't look young anymore. <laughs> so uh, tell us how you got to where you are today. Jeez, uh, well, it started in email back in 97. Yeah, and you know, as it progressed, as it became a, a mechanism for people to abuse, um, spam came about and subsequently phishing and all the other threats that uh, come with email. Um, and it's just evolved. And I've been involved in that since, what's it, 20 odd years. Mm. 20 odd years. The, 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 the scope there, yeah, uh, email security, network security, networks, architecture, all that kind of stuff. But predominantly on the email side, worked with some big platforms, um, you know, large amounts of mailboxes, large volumes of email. Mm. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen a difference over the years, hey, from the annoying spam to now more serious things like business email compromise. Yeah. So um, I can I can attest to your to your background. I know if I if I have any email related queries, then then you you are the guys that I phone. So so let's always start with a with a basic uh, just a concept of uh, when we talk about email security. If I'm a normal business user, what do I understand um, to be that? Is that my firewall? Is it the antivirus that I'm running? <laughs> what is email security? <laughs> Good question. I mean, that's that's normally what happens when you when you ask people about the security that they have in the environment. They they often refer to the antivirus, right? Um, um, email security is obviously related to email, right? And it's uh, basically the protection of uh, your data. It is the protection against unauthorized access uh, to your to your email environment, um, and it is overall the protection against compromise. Right, um, that's the mm. high level kind of overview. But yeah, exactly. In plain that. simple terms, you you're protecting your email environment against uh, external access and unwanted uh, malware and phishing and those types of things coming into your email. Yeah. Okay, so so my example that I always use on the show is I'm a frick from Centurion. I run an accounting practice with branches in Joburg, Durban, or Pretoria, Durban, and Cape Town. We've got about three users in the organization. I'm an accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand books. I don't understand all of this mumbo-jumbo IT stuff. Mm. If I have a firewall, does that mean I've got email security? Definitely not, no. no. If I have antivirus, does it mean I've, ant- I've got email security? You have one element towards email security, but um, there's there's a hell of a lot more. I mean, you're looking at uh, nowadays to get kind of um, ready for, for email security, you need to involve you know multi-factor authentication, uh, make sure your emails are encrypted, um, Backups of email, um, cybersecurity awareness. You know your your staff. I mean that's a big factor in training your staff. I mean as you as you mentioned, what end users can do, cybersecurity awareness. 
how do you identify what is phishing or what is a uh, what is spam versus a legit message? Um, and that uh, Warren, to interject there, that always hmm. seems to me like um, the ongoing difficult issue. You know, like uh, so to me, if I, if I take some of my team members, you know, like some days they're really good and, and awake, and other days there's almost stuff that slips through that. Yes. Uh, um, I, I use this example uh, this, a couple of years ago. It's not recent, but you know, like I had one of my guys to say, "Listen, uh, if you're ready to approve the payment, then uh, you can go ahead and go." Like, what payment are you talking about? He goes, mm. "No, you sent me an email this morning." I go, "No, yeah, exactly. I will not send you an email to." But but you know, sometimes sometimes the end user is awake to the to the thing, and sometimes there's maybe lots of busyness, and then all of a sudden something slips through. So that that awareness seems to be the the, the, I almost want to say the loophole, if I can call it that. Yeah, I mean, especially this time of the year, you know, with Christmas and uh, gift cards and, you know, we need to send our customers gifts and things like that. So an email that, you know, pretends to be from you to, to one of your staff members um, that has, like, urgency around it, please pay this account or this invoice immediately and all that. And, I mean, that person receives it. They might be doing 10 other tasks at the time. They just... Go ahead and they, they do it. It's almost like if the, if the, the name in the email looks correct, correct. I don't even have to worry about the rest of the stuff. Yes, exactly that. And it's, you know, your brain quickly reads over things and it misses one character that's swapped around with another character and, you know, you've, you've got impersonation. So, so, um, you mentioned stuff like phishing and impersonation. Now, if you had to pick the top four or five email security threats that there is and maybe a quick little explanation of what each of those does what you mentioned phishing mm. i was now picturing uh, myself on the rocks here in what was <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah warren you mean you can take the fishing side. Um, yeah i mean fishing it's basically there's two types there's i mean i'm kind of an umbrella term which is like spray and pray a bulk they send out stacks of emails and that's not addressed to anybody specifics, you know, like dear guest or dear user that, that you receive. And that is, I mean, there's many different types of phishing. One of them is Netflix, dear comma, it's not addressed to you personally. And it says your Netflix account needs to be updated or, you know, something like pertaining to that. You click on that link. It takes you to a website um, that has various Netflix, you know, logos and things like that. It doesn't, it's not 100% legit, but I mean, as a, as an end user, you carry on, you fill out your, um, billing details and the threat actors got your, your billing information. Not ideal. Then you get targeted phishing, which is like, dear Yaku, please can you sort out this invoice? And there's been a recent uptake in, um, fictitious South African post office. Oh. Yeah, phishing as of late, yes. Mm. Um, so I don't know if, if you've received one of those, but it's, it says you need to pay, uh, you need to pay this amount online to receive this parcel that's been sent to you. First of all, not sure many people use the South African Post Office anymore, but I just um, wanted to say it's a very unfortunate yeah. <laughs> institution. <laughs> if you do pay exactly. there, there's something wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, you know, there, there, there's that, there's that. And then there's a link and you click and then you click on the link. It takes you there. Now, one of those things is there's dynamic phishing kits that are hosted on various compromised websites. And unfortunately, the world that we live in, people don't keep their WordPress, uh, 
websites. You know that I mean WordPress is pretty much kind of the de facto when people want to deploy a quick website for a for a company. Yeah. But they don't keep keep it up to date, and it's not necessarily WordPress, but it's all the plugins that they that they install. You know, like uh, contact forms and etc. And they don't keep that up to date, so it gets uh, it gets compromised. Um, and what what these threat actors do is they compromise the website, they deploy their their phishing kit, and you get dynamic phishing kits, meaning that um, depending on the email and the link and where you are, what region, it will automatically adapt. And those phishing kits automatically detect like are you a Google robot, you know, trying to index the site, and it will return. Something else, and they they um, the fishing kits are are um, advanced, advanced and intelligent. You also get unfortunately phishing as a service. So the threat actors oh. are selling platforms mm. that you can un, you know in the black okay. market that you can go and uh, you can go and rent. Um, so if you need some money for Christmas, you can just get fishing <laughs> as a service. And yes. Can you tell yes. them how much you need in order to? Well, that's the thing. I mean, they take a percentage of it, and it's. I mean, it's a. It's a business, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Coders right in Norway and doing what they need to do to mm. make money. So yeah. yeah. So I mean that's that's the phishing side of things. Then you go further down and then you get uh CEO fraud, which is the top the the example that you mentioned earlier on where you know you sent an email to one of your employees. Normally it's generally from the executive to a lower person because they're not going to question an exec. Um then you get uh well, whale phishing, which targets senior executives. And, uh, pretty much the same as, um, uh, it's very similar to spear phishing. And spear phishing is when you target specific individuals within the organization. Mm. Wow. So, That's proper targeted. Yeah. yeah. Phishing. It's a lot of phishing. I, I learned some new stuff today. Already. Yeah. It, it's, it's, um, it's quite scary. You know, the. And, and now, um, I assume if you take that SA post office, mm. uh, as an example now, that comes into the normal text of the of the email so uh, would a firewall or antivirus do anything with that um, no typically not so uh, you know historically people's mail is protected by security email gateways SEGS um, okay. is the acronym and uh, there's many of them around um, you know around the world and uh, you know there's two big ones um, one that was started yeah, in South Africa that's gone international um, so they protect at the perimeter and they do have integration into into your mailbox of some sort, um, but they kind of filter out the the, the bad emails at at the gateway, right? But so 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 let's just clarify that. So that's it's uh, you using one of the the mainstream email providers, uh, Microsoft or Google or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a mail comes to you. It first goes through that security email gateway correct and then it does whatever it needs to do and then it comes into your mailbox yes it lands in your mailbox so the, the assumption or the hope it's almost like email firewall if you can yes yes correct yeah so the, the assumption then is, is if it then comes through there then you'll be okay yes that's, well, a, that's the assumption yeah yes yeah but I think the thing there is that um, you also have what you consider a zero day attack where the specific threat is unknown or there's indicators in the email which is unknown at that point and that could be a link um, that could be specific uh, wording in the text. It could be IP addresses that the emails are originating from, those types of things. And and when those emails come through, people are under the assumption that they will be blocked. 
um, as we read an email as a human being is not how systems read emails and quantify them as being spam or malicious or whatever the case may be. So typically what will happen is an email will come in, it becomes a threat like this post office threat, and as they start increasing, we start reporting these to the various channels, uh, security channels, and they start adding that into their lists. And so you may end up in the beginning with a flood of these emails making it through, but then it will be backed off by the fact that the rest of the world has been notified that this email is now a scam and this is what to look for. So your firewall would come into effect there if you've got web filtering, for example, and you click on a link and that link has now been determined, like this post office link has been determined to be a threat, it would then block it, right? So it's a sort of like a... In, inward bound feedback into the security industry. But I mean, it's like you say, I mean, that's, uh, it, it, w- it will protect you to some degree, but it to might some be degree. late to the party. But, yes. But, but there's no 100% guarantee. Yeah. There's, there's no 100% guarantee in any form of security. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah. So, so we, we were talking about those traditional segs and then I interrupted you just to clarify. Yeah. So, so the, I mean, the mail lands up in your mailbox. Um, it is, deemed legit up to that point um the the advantage of uh email is that not everybody reads a message as they you know as they receive it you know there is a bit of a delay so it is time for for security companies to catch up and you know scan these websites and things like that um and receive you know threat intel from various other security feeds as rod was was mentioning and hopefully by then your antivirus has uh, if it does do, if it does do web filtering or your firewall, um, has picked up on, um, this, this bad URL that you're going to click on. Um, so as can, I, can I ask you a yeah. question? If the, if the email came through, it's sitting in your mailbox now and it gets picked up, uh, via the various channels in your seg provider now yes, goes, yeah. okay, this is a problem. Can they, can you, can you, un- can you take it out of the mailbox? Or if it's in the mailbox, it's there? It de- depends entirely on the integration. So a new kind of um, a new mechanism, and this is something that Gartner has touched on, is um, API email security. Okay. Um, one of them is it integrates into Microsoft 365, and it continuously scans your mail. Mm. Okay. But historically, if it went through the gateway, it's in your mailbox. Yes, it's in your mailbox, and... To, you know, to, to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, some providers do have um, external plugins where they can still plug into your on-prem or your cloud environment to do remediation. That's what it's called. It's, okay. it's remediation. Yeah. It's after the fact, finding that email and remediating it. And that is that is probably one of the most important things in 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 the space right now is having the ability to remediate that email once it's gone into the environment. Okay. Now, so on that point, now. Mm. Back to Frick with his accounting yep. practice in, in Centurion. Yes. Um, the, the main thing that I come across when, when speaking to our customers in, uh, out in the market is, um, you know, I always refer specifically in the SME environment, you know, I re- always refer to this IT guy, you know, there's, yeah. everybody's got an IT guy. He's not, not necessarily full time in house mm. and, you know, he started out looking after the PCs and then the environment grows as it goes. So how do I as a, as a, as a customer or an end user know that uh, that email threat has been caught or addressed or um, what traditionally happens in, in that space? Or is it is it basically like you've got this IT guy and you just hope that whatever he tells you is, is the, the truth? 
I, I think that's ninety percent of the case, right? Yeah, well, that's. I mean, that's the, that's that is part of the problem, right? We rely on the IT department to do all the cybersecurity. Yeah. Okay, which is which is not entirely true. It's up to every single party within that organisation to be responsible and to partake in the cybersecurity policy that the organisation has hopefully put together. Um, so, touching on that, there was a there was a company that did um, a uh, a recent research uh, um, report for the year 2022, and there's some very scary stats in that. Um, I'll just read through those. Yeah, I actually got there. So it said out of the 600 organizations which were spread across um, the USA, the UK, Middle East, and Africa, okay, it said 71% of advanced email attack resulted in an account takeover. Mm-hmm. So that account, 71%, 600 organizations, Jeez. different sizes. Um, so that's pretty scary. That's people. Is that password. the entire organization? Or just a, a user, a user okay. in within oh. an organisation, right? Okay. Um, so that's their, you know, their user credentials. What user? I mean, there's obviously it could be the receptionist versus the CEO who handed over his um, uh, his username and password. And if that happens, then then the phishing story that we spoke about is almost um, moot then because it, it is a legit colleague or user yes, organization. That, that happens often yeah, where the guys sit in the mailbox. They'll yeah. watch, watch communication between supplier and the accounts person and that's typically in the environment the guys are going to target are the accounts people, the people that make payments. Mm. They'll sit in the mailbox, watch communication back and forth, learn the language and then they'll actually reply to the supplier with the fake um, invoice. Oh. Then what yeah. they'll do is they'll actually put a forwarder on to the mailbox so when the reply comes back they actually get the email right. and 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 you would you'd be sitting there if it was you for example or if it was frick um frick would be unaware completely unaware and 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 this is typically where it's banking details have changed um yes. you know he has a, he has an invoice please please pay with it you know and and that's where guys get taken business email compromise account mm-hmm. takeover is massive now we had um the most recent one that we've dealt with is uh uh Person paid, I think it was six hundred and fifty thousand rand yeah. into the wrong account. Yeah, and but but in that Yaku, security is not just about the software, the firewalls, and everything that you put in place. It's policy. So the first thing I would say to Frick is, you can never be one hundred percent guaranteed that you're going to stop it. Right? Yeah. But what yeah. I would say to Frick is that if somebody sends you an email and tells you that their banking details have changed, pick up the good old telephone and confirm. Right. Yeah. Do that because don't just take it for granted. Without log- uh, logic. Logic, right? Yes. Logic. And, and, and what I mean with uh, security is not just only appliances and that type of stuff. It's policies. Have a policy internal to the business. Yeah. If you get an email from the CEO saying you must go and buy everybody a gift card, well, the policy should be that has to be verified by somebody in the business, right? Not just, okay, let me go and buy it and sort it out. Um, so I, I think a lot of business email compromise could be solved by policy too. And uh, user education. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Right. Um, have some more stats. Yeah. So, 62% reported uh, that email threats got past their security email gateways. Mm. So, the malicious 62%. 62%. So, we, it's, we're fighting a losing battle, right? Yeah. I mean, 62%. You would expect that. And, that and on that note, th- one of the most fascinating things to me, like in my organization, I'm quite vocal about it, like, like, Personally, what you said now is I detest email in, in yeah. the sense that I almost call it an unproductivity tool. But, but the fact of the matter is in, in every organization, it's so entrenched. I need to send an email so I have proof in writing that I, that I, uh, asked Rod to do something 
or this or that, or, or, or I'm going to keep the mail so that in future, if I look for it, you know, that's why, that's why I look for it and all that. Uh, the, the, that use of the email is so pervasive that, um, and, and, you know, it comes back to the fact that that's probably the easiest place to, to exploit people's vulnerabilities then in terms of how they, how they go about. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, just going on that, 62% of mail pass their filtering email providers filtering, right? And sitting in their mailboxes. Now, if they've got no integration with any, which, which places the importance of having antivirus, you know, um, on your, on your, on your PC or your laptop, um, and making sure that that's kept up to date, because mm. that's another big factor is, mm. you know, patching. Uh, that's critical. Making sure that your, your desktop is up to date, the relevant patches are applied, your antivirus signatures are up to date, so that, uh, you protect it. Um, and then as Rod mentioned, a policy just to kind of, because it's up to each and every recipient of email to determine, you know, ticking, you know, question yourself about this email. Don't just yeah. react, especially yeah. in the, in the accounts department when they receive, you know, hundreds of emails related to please pay this, please pay that. They get one and they quickly react. Can can we still go back to the first one? The account takeover. Why is that so pervasive or, or so high? Is it is it because people use bad or secure password policies or? Well, I mean, there's there's a site out there. Have I been pawned? Um, what will happen is um, you can go and search on that site and you can see if you can pump uh, push in your email address and see if your password has been pawned. Um, typically, what will happen is a a service. Uh, some social media service or some cl- cloud service will be hacked. Passwords will be released. Um, threat actors will look at your email address. The first thing they're going to do is look up your MX record to see where your email has been delivered. Um, say you're sitting on Office 365. They're going to then take your email address and they're going to take that password that they found and they're going to log in. So if um, Facebook or Twitter was hacked and, and that password's yep. there, they're going to try and do that password on your email address? Yep. Yes, yep. correct. So um, 2FA is a must. Have 2FA on every account that you have, right? And especially in the email environment. So on Office 365, you can have 2FA, two-factor authentication for Frick. And um, what that basically means is is when you log in, you get a notification either on an app or if uh, the service supports uh, the likes of uh, external keys, like a YubiKey, then you would uh, authenticate that uh, that way. So first, authenticate with username and password, and then second, with some some code. Can you on that on that uh, note? What is good practice? How often should you change your passwords? Well, at you know, it entirely depends. But um, a lot of policies depend on the different organisations. Mm. But I think what's more important, besides changing your passwords, you know, more frequently. Yeah. I mean, that is important itself. But is to use unique passwords on very important sites. So don't use the same password that you use for your banking site, for your Twitter no. account, for Facebook, etc. You know, and have use a password manager. There's there's many out there. You know yeah. that um, that help you to be more secure. You know, use ra- it, it generates random passwords that are that are um, that are really good. You know, in terms of the number of characters, digits, special characters, etc. And then just in terms of changing passwords, it's, you know, in an organization, it depends, uh, you know, once a month, once a quarter, whatever. It, yes, I know, I know. I know the, it's the a pain. Is nobody oh. does it. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I know in our organization, whenever, whenever we change email passwords, people it, moan. Eh? Yes. So exactly. we just enforce it. But yes, I'll tell you, there's a certain day of the month when you walk in and you can just know. Yes. Everybody's crying. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think um, human behavior. The, reali- the reality of it, the policies in, in cybersecurity come back to to people. And yeah. people have to to do these things. And you have a lot of companies, especially with Poppy now and everything that's come along. And Poppy's been good for that. I mean, we've seen a a good uptake in 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 guys looking to improve security. But the problem is, you write all these documents because it's 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 legal, right? You yeah. have to make sure that Required. you have these yeah. things in place. And it's a lot of waffle because nobody actually implements half of what they write. Yeah. But the principle is is that um, you know people would look at um, take a firewall for example. Um, if you can't get to a service, what somebody would do is open up that rule in the firewall and never close it down just to get it to work. Yes, right. You you kind of wasted putting a firewall in. Place. Yeah. The same thing happens with email. I'm expecting to receive an email from this person. I go and whitelist the whole domain because I didn't get the email. People forget that. All of a sudden now, email security is kind of compromised because you've opened it up to an entire um, domain. So um, changing passwords, all these things, all comes down to who looks after the environment and how they stick to those policies that you have in place. It's utterly important, yeah. Okay, so so um, we were talking about now this historical security gateway, which is this mm, perimeter-type scenario, um, and then and then where where is the industry going towards now? What 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 is the future of this email oh. email security world look like? So I mean, you know, email security within your mail in your mailbox is kind of where the industry's leaning towards um segs themselves definitely there's still a need for them and they work hand in hand with one another yeah um but security within your mailbox gives gives the end user the power to to kind of question an email click on report it gets sent off to the it department for them to investigate further so you don't have to react um uh you know immediately on that email you if if you if you question it, then you know report it to to the IT. So what does that mean? Our mails come into my mailbox. It's yes. sitting there. Um, fifty fifty. If I'm sure that it's right or whatever, mm-hmm. you're saying to me there's a button and I can press and say, okay, guys, you need to check this for me. Yes, because yes. I was actually sitting thinking now when you when you said earlier, you know, about people expecting the IT department to to take control of it. And normally that's why IT departments think that the end user are stupid because they go like, like I would never click on that. So, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, they can see it uh, spotted a mile away. Yep. Uh, and so then the end user can then basically say to the, to somebody, please can you verify for me that this is legit before, before actioning anything on it? Correct. Yeah. And, and okay. you know that there's technology there that, that scans your email all the time. Okay, goes through it and it applies machine learning algorithms to it. Um, so there's a bit of artificial intelligence that's built into these technologies. And it'll pick up, so for example, going back to that South Africa post office example, um, we, it'll pick up on the URL that's in there, whether it's, it's now considered a threat because it's received that this is a bad website through some other feed. Um, so it will automatically then remediate that so that you don't, you don't see it. Uh, but if it hasn't picked up, you and can remediate means now it'll remove, remove it or add a, you know, add a warning banner. Please do not click on any links. Report this to your IT department. You know, it's, it's quite flexible in that, in that respect. But, um, can we, can we delve into that for two seconds quickly? Sure. So what are the options for me as a, so, so if I'm back to Frick now and I'm, I understand accounting and money. So I'm risk averse and I'm going like, uh, I don't like, like, I'm not even sure if the banner is going to work. What's the what are my options in terms of in terms of remediation? Uh delete. Yeah. D- 
delete the email, take, remove it out of the user's mailbox. It prevents, you know, uh, the receptionist and the guy who does the actual physical labor from clicking on those links for Frick and uh, Frick doesn't have to worry about it. Um, if it's, you know, if it's the artificial intelligence, it will automatically t- remove that, those mails out of those, uh, those users' mailboxes. Um, if it's Frick reporting on it, then it's up to the IT department to investigate further and determine who else has received those emails and remediate. Mm. Okay. Them. So, so you do have two options, Okay, You've got the option to remediate and, and place into junk mail and just remove links. So if there are links okay. in the email, just actually block access to those links. And then the second option, like Warren mentioned, is to remove the email completely. Um, the first can, I, can I then get a report at the end of the yep. month to say for the 30 users in my organization, uh, each received so many mails and you know, out of the 30 that this one received, there's 10 that we remediated and removed out of the mailbox. Or Yep. So I, yeah. I can get some form of... Uh, easy to understand reporting to say, okay, right, um, I'm, I'm getting some form of comfort here that yeah, it's correct. doing what it needs to do. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, it, you know, these reports that are generated, they show you the, your top targeted users within the organization, um, which, you know, it will do this. Yeah. Because depending on who's the flavor of the month in, in terms of the organization. So, <laughs> in your case, I would imagine you might be considered a, a target and this time of the year you're receiving a lot of email from your vendors to say please join these events and all that so you might be the you know the top targeted user uh, i'm the worst target because i don't read email <laughs> <laughs> i'm like a month behind so anyway yeah. um and then um okay so we can so we can receive reporting on on what's happening mm-hmm. okay so um, I think for me, then, as a the the, the one thing that we that we always keep on. Uh, one more question before before we we wrap it up. What is the the let's call it the uptake of the end users the minute they have this this power inside their own mailbox to say, yes, I'm just not sure. Let me rather just click and check. You find that people well, use great, it, right? I mean, no. I've, I've, I've been surprised in that. I mean, the uptake of it is not really, really that great. But the, the reality of it is, the tool is available. Yes, right? and um, that, I, I assume that's a change management story. Yes, it's it's a, a, no, historically, it's a, if if you talk about the policies, yeah, and and I mean, the, these are the kinds of topics that we that we like to raise here. Is historically that security used to be an IT problem? Yes. So mm. if I clicked on it and it caused problems, not me. Yeah, like why did IT not stop it or or anything like that? Yes. So, so I think that's part of the education that we all have to do and say, listen, you stole the guy with the keys for the bus. So yeah. if the bus is going to hit somebody, then it's probably going to be you because you had the ability to check. Correct. So there's there's um, if you look at that environment, the end users are critical. I mean, those are the guys who are clicking on the links and making the mistakes, right? Yeah. So, so end user education by means of you get tools that now plug into email security environments that, you know, if, uh, that will do, um, you know, phishing sort of, uh, um, attacks on, on businesses and then identify the users in the, in the, in the company that need to go for training. Okay. Right? <laughs> the guys that need yeah. to go to the, go to, go that, to extra classes. <laughs> and so they'll send, uh, they'll send you off and you have to do this course. And, and th- that is important, right? Educating the end, yeah. end users yes. is important. As I mentioned before, um, as Warren mentioned, uh, in the stats there, the reason for that high amount of, of, of threats making it through 
is that threat actors change things every day. They're changing IPs, they're changing domains, they're coming from new areas. Everything that that you would have identified yesterday is over. It's, it's really new late, today. Yeah. Mm. It's today. It's it's brand new. So, in in that respect, end user um, education is important um, on top of the policy, right? And with that end user, um, the ability to click on a button, um, I think. Even though at the moment it's new and, and guys aren't really using that service, I think it will start to grow. Right? Can, can I ask you a question around the reporting component? Uh, let's, say, let's say once you've uh, integrated into a customer's environment and they get their first report, do, do, do they, does the, let's call it that C-level uh, in the organization, do they even understand what's happening in the email? No. In the email underworld, as I call it. No. And, and, and that how many mails in, how many mails out, who's no. getting what? And, and I think there was a mention in, in the Gartner report as well is that the future of email is managed. I.e., you need you need a you're going to need a a company sitting there looking at those things for you. Frick's too busy. He's an accountant. Yeah. He's not going to understand half the things that are coming through. Mm. But if you have a um, a cyber aware business looking at you um, or, or looking at your environment, right? They would take everything into context. They would look at what's happening from uh, your 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 social media platform, what you look like to the rest of the world. Um, they would look at your email. Let's see what's in and about. And those are the guys that you want to look at. Who are going to provide you with this service as a managed service to help you and make sure that you protect it. So Warren mentioned it earlier. If you look at these reports, to me, when I look at a report, I look at who's the targeted user, right? Who they're targeting. If there's 80% of the targeted people in that environment are sitting in the accounts department, you've got a problem. Some, there's a train heading your way, yeah. right? They're going to get you at some point, right? Yeah. So in that case, what I would do is either double up security on those people or, or, or send those people back into training. So in Frick's environment, he's got 30 people. Maybe only three are being targeted. Make sure they're trained because they've been targeted. So that's the kind of information you want to pull out of a report. How many emails you sent and how many you got back? I mean, it's great, but nobody really cares, right? People are more concerned about what is my weakness and how do I um, turn that into a strength, basically. Okay. So now, Frick said, listening to this um, discussion, we always try and make it real at the end of the show. So, so where do I start? Sure, Frick. Let's talk. Two-factor authentication. Um, you know, urgency around emails to 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 pay stuff. Uh, you know, question that. Um, yeah. So basically, don't react quickly to to emails that involve money and you know people that you've met online or, or via telephone asking you to pay stuff well you know there's many scammers out there um there's a recent one actually through um, with vodacom um received a call the other day and the guy was saying you've won a car legit in a call center right and he, all he asked was a thousand rand payment so that i could win the car huh. and uh i could pay via a vodacom voucher gift card gift card scams anyway so it's just you know people like that um that you that you need to question um uh you know add 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 policies around your domain and you know there's various mail policies that uh or protocols that uh protect your domain um you've re- i know you've already had a podcast on dmark and yeah. you know what that that can do for for your email um there's spf and there's DKIM, DKIM, um, that's all provides, you know, authentication and authorization around your domain and, and, and protection around it. Um, other things like, uh, you were just saying that you were at, uh, that conference last week. Um, and I would imagine that there's probably 
plenty USB keys that you can pick up and plug into your computer and off you go because they've got marketing material. Yeah. Perfect threat vector, right? Yeah. I just go and dump a, a malicious USB key in, in one of those uh, jars that you pick up, plug it in, I've infected your computer, right? Yeah. So policies, you know, organization policies around you know, external USB keys needs to be put in place, which boils back down to your overall cybersecurity awareness um, policy for the organization. Mm. And, now, and, if, and if I was Frick it, and, and I had an IT guy and I thought that I had security in place, the first thing I'd ask for is that report. Show me that. Yes, there we go. Now. looking at email security. Yeah. Um, I would ask the question, if a email made it into our environment to 10 of our employees, would you be able to pull that out of our environment right and the third question i'd ask is is it possible for our end users to actually tell us what's going on because that that to me is is the important part i always play on the uh, warren's on the technical side i'm on the business side and i look at policy and and procedures and common sense right um so so what what is the mechanism inside the organization if an email looks funny yeah correct and also have a policy don't literally don't go and just Pay somebody's bank uh, or, or change banking details because somebody told you in an email, yeah. even if it is legit and it came from them because you don't know if their mailbox was hacked and you've got a threat actor sitting in between. People, especially the generations coming up now, nobody wants to talk on a telephone. It's yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they'll make big decisions like. It's true, hey. <coughs> yeah. Especially since COVID. Kills me. Yeah, exactly. Kills just me. wants to sit yeah. behind a computer and do Zoom and. Yeah, it kills yeah. me. Yeah. So, so pick up a telephone, um, have policies in place, make sure that when banking details have changed, you've actually phoned a human being and said, listen, um, you know, this is what you've told us. Um, do those types of things and, you know, this, this business email compromise may turn into something else, but for now, that's what they're getting. They're getting mm. the guys who make those mistakes. Um, so for Frick, ask those questions. And then tell me quickly, um, because, you know, my IT guy, the, the one thing that IT guys don't like is new work. Yeah. So, so if I wanted to implement a, a new security email solution, like, like what you guys were talking about now, the button sitting in my, yeah. in my email, is it, is, is it a lot of work? No, no, it's not, not, depending on the, you know, the vendor who provides the, the solution, a lot of it is, there's no, there's, no change in terms of um, DNS records, anything like that. It's basically an integration. You give the the particular product access to Microsoft 365. It it creates a connector. It joins the 365 environment, and it starts scanning mailboxes. That's it. Done. But even your traditional uh, secure email gateways. Um you know, those guys offer a whole lot of other services which are really, really complementary to, to email as well. So the two players in the market being your secure email gateway and the other one being complete API integration. Both could actually work together perfectly. Yeah. And and if you're in an environment where, you know, um, you have an accounts team or whatever and you see that there's, um, you know, guys have been attacked, possibly even give them another layer of security, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so. There's the secure email gateways. They also tie into these environments, maybe not as efficiently as the API, but they do do it. Um, but again, for the end user, for the IT guy, it's not a lot of work for him. Mm. It's, it's not a lot of work for him. Too. So, so to me, and I mean, what I, my takeaway out of this uh, last point is, is if you have a general IT guy, you cannot expect the generalist to know everything. And no. it's getting experts and the worst, worst 
feedback that you can get is everything is 100% and you don't have to worry. Yeah, correct. Uh, when, 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 when we started out in this trade, it was you had to worry about a printer and a PC and a, a screen that chick, 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 chick came down slowly, right? Now, um, guys are specialists in every single field and, and it's vast. I mean, you can, you can be a, a VMware specialist. You can be a security specialist. So to, to expect one IT guy to know that in depth across an entire broad spectrum is impossible. And that's why it comes back to managed services. Um, go to the guys who, who offer these types of services. You can say to you, look, we'll look after your email for you. It's, it's going to cost you a little bit more than a traditional mailbox cost, but this is what we're adding in terms of we watching your email, we managing it for you, we doing the reporting, we alerting you to problems. That's, that's the type of thing. So internal IT guys, absolutely, uh, important for a business because they look after it functionally, right? Yeah. The other layers that you build on, you've got to consider looking and, and seeing if you can build those layers on by a managed service. And, and maybe controversial, but uh, I mean, because email is so pervasive, if, if you don't have multiple layers of security there, you, you are just being negligent almost. 100%. So the good analogy of that is when COVID came and it, I think we were in level three and I had to get on a plane. I had to go sort something out for a customer. And I went to the airport. I was the only guy in the airport and somebody else who was sweeping the floor. <laughs> but to get to the airport, I went through um, a serial chain of security, right? So you had to go through this checkpoint, then that checkpoint, then that checkpoint, and I finally got through. It's the same thing with, with security. Those are the checkpoints you've got to put in place. So it starts at perimeter, uh, firewalls. It's uh, email security, secure email gateways. Then you've got API integration for your email security. Then, as Warren mentioned, you've got antivirus sitting on your desktop. Mm. And then, like, well, we, always t- we always tell people what's the best uh, form of security? A solid backup. Yeah. In all honesty, a solid backup. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. We yeah, can you. Uh, carry on for many more. Uh, I think we need to have a follow-up discussion. But, uh, yeah, I think this was a, a great uh, first first one. Yeah, sounds thank good. Thank you very much. Perfect. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the podcasts on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you're looking for help with communication tools in your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.